Hello, 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 and welcome to the first episode of the Inspire the Fire podcast with Mike Bethune, where our job and our goal is to not let you give up on life, on yourself. That's our goal here. That's our intention here. That's our mission here. That's even in our motto. We won't let you give up. And this is what Inspire the Fire is all about. So welcome to the first episode. Again, my name is Mike Bethune, and I'm the host, and I'm also the leader of this Inspire the Fire movement, and I'll explain more about that uh, just here in a second. So what my intention is for this introductory episode of the podcast is to cover five different points, five different points. Well, actually four, because I've just welcomed you. So hopefully you feel welcome. Um, you're more than welcome to be here and to get on board with what's about to happen here. It's going to be it's going to be powerful and it's going to be life changing for a whole lot of people. And that's not smoke and mirrors. This is something that um that I'll put my name behind. And why am I saying that? So let me deal with the four main points then. OK, now that we've gotten the welcome out the way, uh, what is inspire the fire? Why inspire the fire? Um that concept, where did it come from? Well, for a long time now, I've been doing life coaching. I've been doing counseling um, in the faith realm, spiritual realm, if you want to call it that. Um, I'll put it right out there from the door. Um, I am a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, although this is not a necessary, this is not a platform where you'll hear proselytization. I'm not trying to recruit anybody to Christianity, but but you will definitely hear my faith coming through in uh, the encouragement and the information that we give here, along with um, other good clinical information. I'll have professionals on here of all kinds who can speak to mental health issues, um, to every single facet of life that you can imagine. But the, the main goal here, the main goal here is to inspire the fire that's in you, to inspire the fire that's in you that maybe life might have put it out or is threatening to put it out one way or another. Maybe there's a whole lot of layers of life that um, that have covered your fire, if you will. When I talk about fire, I'm talking about zeal and zest and vigor and that energy, what the Hebrews call the Ruach, that life-giving force to get up and live and, and to go after the fullness of the potential that's inside you. This is what I'm calling the fire, that the spirit of life that God gives that enables us to get up and, and be high-functioning uh, human beings, right? To use the fullness of our cognitive and intellectual capacity, the fullness of our emotional capacity, the fullness of our spiritual capacity, and the fullness of our physical capacity. But when that fire goes out, because here's what we know, here's what I found out um, from my own life experiences and from sitting down talking with probably thousands of people now over the last 25 years in different contexts. Um, here's what I know. All of us plan for life, and then life happens. That's what I know. All of us plan for life. What are you talking about, Mike? Well, yeah, all, nobody sets out to go down a direction of, uh, of difficulty and hardship in life. 
but then life breaks into our plans. It's just the way it goes. It's just the way it unfolds. And when it does break into our existence and break into our plans and it brings us heartbreak and it brings broken promises and it brings bereavement, you know, from loss of loved ones, it brings unemployment, it brings loss of finances, it brings loss of health, loss of wealth. Um, it impacts us. We plan for life and then life squeezes in on us in different ways. And then if we, when it squeezes in on us, if we don't handle it correctly, then all of a sudden the things that we don't handle that, uh, that pain that we don't handle correctly, correctly, it goes underground, right? Meaning down on the inside of us, but not away. So then it begins to form layers. And then we have one incident after another incident, after another incident, after another incident. And, and we're walking around with all these layers of life that have not been addressed, that have not been processed. All this pain down on the inside, all this brokenness down on the inside, maybe even confusion about what the next step is in life. All this stuff is there and it's layers that are on top of now the fire that's in you that would enable you um, in other situations to live out your full God-given potential. When those layers of life begin to put out the fire that's in us, that's when people get close to the edge and begin to get depressed and are ready to quit on life and things of that nature. And I'm not speaking to you from the perspective of I'm not a certified board um, psychologists or any of that. I'm not speaking to you. I'm not giving you therapeutic advice. Let me put that disclaimer out there. But I will say that I know a lot about that world and also a lot about the spiritual counseling world, the faith-based counseling world, life coaching and things of that nature. Um, um, I needed it early on. I'll tell you more about this in my fifth point when I tell you my story and what gives me the credibility to launch a podcast like Inspire the Fire, not just a podcast, but a movement, because that's what I'm after, developing a community of people here that'll that'll come be on board to support each other, to support one another, and also even come together in physical places for conferences, for, for workshops, for uh, networking and things of that nature, right? Pe to build people up again who feel like, the fire of life has gone out or is close to going out. So that's number one. That's number two. That's what inspire the fire is. I said I'd cover five things beginning with the welcome. So this is number two. What is inspire the fire? The concept. That's the concept right there to build a community of people who inspire each other's fire. Because we live, I mean, I don't have to tell you, we live in a world right now where Oh, man, there's so many things going on. And I won't get into all of the, the isms that are going on, but suffice it to say that uh, the, the human zeal for living and encouraging other people to live and community and all that, uh, uh, it's ebbing away quickly. It's ebbing away quickly, and there's something very sinister and I dare I say even evil happening in the land where where our humanity is becoming so inhumane to one another instead of inspiring somebody else's fire uh we're doing all we can do I'm talking about humanity when I say we 
it seems like right now we're in a place where humanity is in humanity's intent is bent on extinguishing the fire in in other human beings and so here on this platform you're going to hear stories and you're going to hear information even teaching and all kinds of things i'll bring on different different specialists and people that is in, are in my network that i've crossed paths with over the years who can speak to speak life into you from different um fields and different capacities every time you log on here to this platform i guarantee you're going to walk away inspired but you're also going to walk away with some information that will enlighten you and empower you um, and inspire you to go forth and come up out of that that place that's threatening to put your fire out so that's what that's the concept that's the gist of the concept if you will of what inspire the fire is and i think i've kind of covered number three and what i just said too because question number three that I wanted to cover was why is it needed? Why is a platform like inspire the fire needed now? Well, not to knock any other platforms, any other podcasts, but there's a whole lot of, you know, I, I, I would call it kind of frivolous platforms out there and people talking about a lot of frivolous things, things that are not having real impact on people's lives. See, my goal here is to impact, not to impress you. I'm not, I'm not here to impress anybody because in impressing, impressing somebody doesn't change their lives. I'm here to bring information. Uh, some of it I'll have myself and what I don't have, I'll bring on the experts who do have it. And then I'll bring on everyday people, you know, not just experts in different fields, but everyday people who have stories about how they were on the edge of, of, almost allowing life to put their fire out and then give them an opportunity to talk about and share with you and with me the different steps that they took to inspire the fire to to re you know to rekindle the flame you know to get it lit again and to get going again and then also to overcome whatever obstacle uh, or impediment that was there that was threatening to put the fire out. So we'll have all those people on here. Why is it needed? It's needed because, you know, after COVID and, and this crazy world that we're living in right now, um, it's needed because probably seven out of the 10 people that I talk to, let's say on a daily basis, they'll call me some people I'm doing some life coaching sessions with or whatever, or other people will just call me and say, Hey Mike, I need to talk or they'll email me or they'll text me or they'll message me or they'll find a way to get in touch one way or another. And seven out of 10 are on the verge of quitting on the verge of quitting on the verge of giving up on life altogether, you know? And that scares the crap out of me because I I, ha I have a brother. He's in the spirit realm now, but I have a brother who was only a year and a half older, older than me who committed suicide, who took his own life in 2014. God bless my brother, Ron. My man, I'll see you on the other side one day. Um, but yeah, he did that. Life squeezed in on him so much, so much so that he drove into a parking lot with a loaded weapon and you know the rest. So, uh, <clears throat> me along with my family, my mom and dad who are still alive and well, thank God, and my brothers and my sister and my entire family, we had to walk through those waters in 2014. 
And ever since then, I've been a man on a mission to help people, to help people, anybody, not just people I know and not just people that are in my circle and in my immediate family and extended family, anybody, human beings, my heart is bent in that direction to help people. And this is what I know how to do. So this is what Inspire the Fire is about. And that's why it's needed because much of humanity out of the 25 people that you see walking down the street on a daily basis, probably three quarters of them are close to giving up on life for one reason or another. And the rest are dealing with some kind of situations, some kind of layers that they need help with peeling back as well. Some may have more resources to cover up their pain or be more articulate or whatever and be able to speak about their pain in a very well packaged and presented way. But the reality is that there's pain under there somewhere. This is what Inspire the Fire is about. We're about getting to the, the, the realness, right? Stripping away all the pretenses of life because that stuff doesn't do anything except perpetuate the pain and cause us to suffer a lot longer than we have to. A lot longer than we have to. Again, I'll tell you more about why I know that and why I can speak so matter-of-factly to that when I tell you my own story and what gives me the credibility here. So content number four, point number four, content. Uh, like you're probably asking the question, uh, well, what kind of information will be shared here and then the big question, the question I'd be asking too, what kind of value is in it for me if I make the time investment and the commitment to this podcast or to this, you know, movement that's going to come out of this podcast? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Well, there's a whole lot in it for you that I just covered. Like I said, every time you log on here, there'll be no waste of time, not one minute. You know, we may laugh and joke and some of those other things, but the laughing and joking will be coming from the content, the life-changing content that we share. And some of us are only able to laugh and joke now because we've overcome some things by, by, by learning how to inspire the fire in ourselves. And so that's the content that you'll be getting out of here, you know, and sometimes it'll be very, very professional coming from some of the the uh, the professionals in, in my network. And then and then sometimes it'll just be me giving you a whole lot of my experience, which is a, a ton of a ton of uh, <laughs> Oh, man. And this is not scripted. This is not scripted. So if um, if I pronounce a word wrong, or if I, you know, seem a little quirky, I'm not reading a teleprompter or anything. I'm speaking from my heart. I want to make sure that this introduction that you that you know that you're you're dealing with somebody who speaks who speaks from the heart and who's being as real and as candid and as transparent as I can be because that's what this platform is. It's our mission, our sole mission on here is to keep people from giving up on life, to help save lives and then to help others overcome the different impediments and barriers and obstacles that are holding them back from reaching their full God-given potential is to inspire the fire. I don't care if the fire is almost gone all the way out. We'll breathe new life back into that fire here. Breathe new life back into it. Rekindle the flame. Spark it back up again. 
and help you to get back up and start living again and not just existing because there's so much more to you. And I want to especially talk to my, let me, let me, let me put this uh, prerequisite out there. This is, or disclaimer, should I say, um, this podcast is for anybody. Anybody will be able to benefit from this. And I encourage our younger people, our millennials and people in that category, I encourage you to get on here and, and to usurp and draw all of the wisdom that'll be coming across this platform because you're going to be able to learn from a lot of the mistakes that some of us have made and gained tremendous wisdom from in terms of inspiring the fire. You'll be able to learn a whole lot. But my the target audience, if I could use that term, I want to I want to really talk to um, uh, 35, 35, 35, 40-ish and up and up. And I say and up. I don't put a cap on that because if you if, it, if it's 99 years old, there's still some fire in you and God still has you on this side of life for a purpose. There's still some some power in you. There's still something that you can you can use that you've been given from all those years that you've lived on this earth to contribute to the betterment of humanity, which will also make you better and give you a reason to get up and live every day. So from around 35 years old, all the way up 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, 95, all the way up, wherever you are, you're still living, you're still breathing, you're still cognitive, you're aware, then there's still some fire in you that can be used on this side of life. You can't give up. This is this, this thing is not about getting to a certain age and giving up and plateauing. It's all the way to the end. You know, as the younger people say, it's about riding it until the wheels fall off. And here at Inspire to Inspire the Fire, that's that's exactly what we're going to do. You know, you got people that are in my age bracket, right? People that are in their 40s, 50s, even early 60s and because of the way the world has changed now, you've had to revamp your entire career. Some people lost careers because of the robotic technology and uh, the different shift from uh, from manual to digital and all of that. A lot of people lost, lost jobs and are kind of lost in life right now, trying to figure out you poured your all into a company and into a career and it got pulled out right from under your feet. Now you don't know what direction to go in. You know, you need to be on here on Inspire the Fire and you need to hear this. We're going to be on at least one time a week and I'm going to try twice a week uh, on top of the different events um, that we'll host around this country. I'm talking about America right now, United States of America, different events that we'll host that you can come and be a part of and give you something to connect to a real social social gathering to connect to that is, that's going to be beneficial that's going to be informative that's going to be fun that's going to have things where you can let your hair down and really enjoy life again this is what we're up to here with inspire the fire that's what's going on here that's what's going on here so let me cover number five and i'll be done with this introduction uh, or introductory episode to our podcast so who is mike bethune who am i uh, well, I'm no different than you, except that I've had a different journey. That's all. Um, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm in my fifties now, and I have no qualms about saying that. 
thank God, coming from where I came from, thank God that I was able to reach 50. Where I come from, people celebrate when they hit 18 years old. They celebrate when they hit 21. I'm talking about a big celebration because they made it to C21. I come from the heart of the inner city in Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie, it came out in the mid-80s of a, a principal who who won national acclaim because of the paradigm, the educational paradigm that he set up at the high school, high school called Eastside High School in Patterson, New Jersey. The name of the movie was Lean On Me. That's the school I went to. Where I was a track and field star and all this other stuff, and that's where I grew up at. I literally went to that school. I'm a ghost, where Joe Clark says in the movie, it's a spirit that will never die. That's what I am. I'm an Eastside High School ghost. And um, yeah, so I grew up in the inner city there, grew up in the housing projects, the projects called Alexander Hamilton Housing Projects, named after the, the politician, Alexander Hamilton. I grew up there, and it was a pretty rough place to grow up. Thank God I had both parents, and thank God I still have them. They're 83 and 81 years old right now. Dad's 83. Mom is 81. She just turned 81. And so, um, you know, my family, in a sense, was an anomaly growing up in that environment with two parents. So all my partners, my friends that I played ball with, they would always come over our house and hang out. And so I, I grew up. I grew up well. We didn't have a whole lot in the way of money and material means, but we were rich in love and family love and unity and camaraderie. And our dad, my dad taught us a solid work ethic to work hard for what you want. And, you know, those things. So good morals, uh, raised in the church, or should I say I was made to go to the church <laughs> until I didn't want to go anymore until I was old enough to say, no, I'm not going anymore. And that was, shucks, that was around 15 or 16 years old, uh, not not long before I went into the United States Army. Uh, and that's where everything began to change. You know, I opted to go into the United States Army because, number one, I wanted to take a burden off of my parents because I knew they weren't making much money. And uh, was, there was five boys and one girl. My sister is a baby to family. And there was five boys. There's still five boys. It's just that Ron is in the spirit realm. I told you he committed suicide, um, took his own life in 2014. So my parents, you know, weren't making a lot of money and had to feed, had a lot of mouths to feed. So I said, okay, here's a way for me to knock out a couple things with one move. By going in the military, I could, number one, take a financial burden off them. Number two, I'd have an opportunity to grow up from a boy to a man pretty quickly. And number three, I could take advantage of the benefits that the military gives to get education and et cetera. And also having a brother who is a, a Marine, an older brother who was a Marine, um, who kind of schooled me on what to look forward to in boot camp and all, um, I knew that there was the possibility. Once I signed on a dotted line, I knew there was a possibility that somewhere during my military stint that I could end up deployed uh, to a war zone. And that's what happened. You know, I was with an engineer unit, a combat heavy engineer unit that builds bridges, blows bridges, you know, does a lot of, a lot of nasty stuff um, with, 
weapons and explosives, but we can also build runways and we can build a highway in the middle of a jungle if we need to. That's exactly what we did um, in Central America. Some of you remember uh, the Contra, Sandinista, that whole coup that took over Honduras. Um, this is the mid-80s, took over Honduras and... Uh, I mean, took over Nicaragua, I'm sorry, and was coming for Honduras, which is American interest. And President Reagan wasn't going for us, so he sent us in, the first wave of troops, along with Marines and other people. And we went in <clears throat> to, <clears throat> excuse me, to handle that situation. Uh, it's a situation that didn't get a whole lot of uh, public airtime because it was more of a covert situation at that time. And that was the beginning of the war on drugs and all of that other stuff that was going on. If you remember Colonel Oliver North, you heard his name in the news, Marine Colonel, different things happening over there in Nicaragua, Contra, Sandinista, all that. So I was with the first wave of troops that went over there and I was in that employment. We were deployed into that. It was, it was hostile jungle, jungle warfare, hostility. That's, that's the kind of envir environment it was. You know, I was a teenager when I went there and um, I was there for six months, um, came out of that, came out of that and was never the same. Let's just say that came out of that and was never the same, came out of it with uh, came out of it with a substance addiction, because in, in that environment, especially in the unit that I was in, uh, not knowing what the next assignment is or the next mission is, you know, sometimes people gravitate to substances or things to numb numb us to the reality not everybody does that who's in the military i'm just talking about the kind of unit i was in you know to numb us to the reality that today could be our day you know so if it happens at least i'll be out of my mind and i won't i won't feel it so um that's a part of my reality you know i came uh i came back home after my military situation, I stayed in the military for a while, but I was never the same. And I needed help from the VA counseling. I dealt with PTSD. I dealt with, or it dealt with me, uh, depression along with the substance abuse, all of that stuff there. I had a triple whammy going on altogether. Uh, when I finally got out of the military, it, um, I went back to my hometown. I ended up, I ended up as a young homeless veteran on the streets of my hometown, you know, and was, uh, in that state of mind, uh, for a couple years, you know, back and forth to the VA to get the help that I needed. And, you know, and I had family all around me that loved me, but I, I almost kind of became nomadic and used my military know-how to live on the streets and all. Cause I didn't want to bring my unpredictable craziness around my family and around those that I love. At least I tried not to, but some of it kind of seeped into, into their lives anyway, because, you know, they weren't going to stop loving me. So that was my situation, you know, and, um, eventually, eventually, I uh, saw so here, I was in a, I remember one night, just me and some other guys and these guys were vets too, right? The irony that veterans are just homeless all over the place and all kind of messed up. But uh, I remember we were going through, we were up for about 48 hours straight, you know, just doing our thing. And I remember one particular Sunday morning, a, uh, we were, we were, we had created this little, 
little hut, if you will, you know, and camoed it up, you know, use our military know-how, camoed it up, it was right off of the railroad tracks in our hometown. And we would be hiding off in there and doing our thing, and, and uh, people would be walking down the railroad tracks. Some of them are only 10 or 12 feet away from us, not even knowing we were there because we had to camouflage really well. Uh, but I remember this one particular time, Sunday morning, about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, we're coming up out of our little cubby hole, and the sun is shining extremely bright. And this guy was walking down the railroad tracks coming our way. And guy had a suit on and had a book under his arm. I couldn't tell what the book was at that, at that time until he got closer to us. When he got closer to us, I realized that this was a guy that I knew who actually used to be a part of our circle. Used to be a part of our circle. Guy's name was Todd. He, as he came closer, I was like, oh, man, that's Todd. And here I am still kind of in oblivion, you know. And... Todd came a little closer. I said, hey, Todd. He said, yeah, man. I mean, he was shining. He was looking good. He was looking great. And only a couple of months ago, he was a part of our madness. You know, he disappeared. Nobody knew where he went. Apparently, he went to a detox or something like that, got himself cleaned up and, and you know, and, and uh, uh, found faith and started going to church and, you know, accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior and everything. And he's standing there on the railroad tracks and we're looking as crazy as all get out. I know I was. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I said, I said, I'm laughing, but it was a very serious moment. It was a life changing moment for me. I said, Todd, man, what'd you do, brother? What'd you do? What? How, look at you, man. Look at you. How are you looking like that? What'd you do? He told me he went to detox and then he went to this other program for a couple months, which was a Christian program, spiritual program, got himself together. And uh, he was on his way to church that morning. That book under his arm was a Bible. And I said, wow. You know, and, and um, he said, how are you doing? I said, well, you can kind of see how I'm doing, right? I'm, I'm not doing too good, my man. I'm not doing too good at all. But in my heart of hearts, I said to myself, I want what he has. I want what he has. And I said, man, can I talk to you? He said, I can't talk right now. I got to go to church, but you can meet me at this particular location at this time. And I met him there and he told me what to do, who he spoke to and all that. And I followed, I followed the advice, took the advice. Finally, I took, I was tired of suffering, tired of letting life whip me because I was close to giving up. I was close to the edge. My fire was almost gone out. I mean it with depression, with PTSD, back and forth to the VA with the substances that I didn't want to use anymore, but I had gone from using them to feel good. Now I was just using them to feel normal. The abnormal had become normal now. And it was crazy. And so, uh, Oh man, hold on. Give, uh, give me a second. I'm a long way from there now, thank God. <laughs> long, 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 long way from there. But uh, sometimes just telling the story, I'm reminded of of how bad it was and how close, how close I came, you know, to really, really quitting. Um, <clears throat> but I took Todd's advice, and just to shorten the story, I went into this place, and I took faith seriously. 
my life changed. I met a mentor in that place who happened to be a pastor and he was also a clinical therapist. So that was the best of two worlds. He was a pastor to me and he was a counselor to me, clinical counselor to me. Also, he could talk about, you know, chemical dependency and addiction and substance abuse and explain all that stuff to me about, you know, how the mind worked and neurotransmitters and dopamine and brain chemicals and whole process, how it works, because I wanted to know what, what was this thing that had taken over me and what was going on in my mind because I just seemed so unpredictable, you know, and you want to stop doing something and you almost can't stop. Like, what is it? Because I've never been conquered by anything in life until this point. Like, what is this? What is this? I want to know about this because if I overcome this, I want to help a lot of more, a lot, a lot of people for the rest of my days to overcome this. And so he explained the spiritual component to me. He explained the clinical component to me. And then he took me on as his mentee. And he said to me, Mike, you have great potential in you, but you have to get over the fear that's inside of you. And I was like, what fear are you talking about? His name was, his name was Solomon J. Tividay. Solomon J. Tividay. He was a gentleman from India and he was uh, he was a reverend, an ordained reverend, and he was also a doctor um, in the clinical and chemical dependency counseling and things of that nature. And this man, I mean, he was another father to me. You know, he was another father to me. Nobody can replace my earthly dad, but this man poured into me so much, so much. I wanted to be exactly like him. And for a couple of years. I was his mentee and he was my mentor and my counselor and my pastor. And he poured into me, poured into me, poured into me, taught me so much. And that statement about fear, he said this, he said, Mike, when the fear of where you are is greater, when the fear of where you are is greater, hold on, fear. Oh yeah. No, he said, he said, hold on. He said, when the pain of where you are, is greater than the fear of where you have the potential to be. He said, then you'll move. When the pain of where you are, your life's location, where you are in your mind, your heart, your spirit, when the pain of where you are is greater, more powerful or stronger than the fear of where you have the potential to go, to be, to do, then you'll move. Won't move until the pain becomes greater than the fear. And that quote right there was life-changing for me once I understood it. Once I processed it and understood it and grabbed a hold to it and made it mine, it changed my life. Then he encouraged me to go back to school, you know, go to school. I actually dropped out of high school. I didn't finish high school. My senior year, I left high school and went and signed up for the military. I was just done with the inner city. I just wanted to go, just wanted to get out of here. As soon as I got in the military, right after boot camp, I mean, like clockwork, I just took the GED test. I was always a great student. I just wasn't that enthusiastic about the whole paradigm of school. A lot of it seemed like a waste of time to me because I, you know, was already a good thinker. You know, sometimes that can work for you and, and work against you. Nevertheless, I had taken the GED as soon as I got in the military and started taking CLEP tests and college courses, et cetera. So Dr. Solomon encouraged me to go back to school. 
and I went back to school. And over the course of three years, um, I earned three degrees, beginning with associates and then a bachelor's and all the way up to the master's level, all having to do with theology, which is the study of God, and counseling. So I have a bachelor's in counseling, um, particularly faith-based counseling. But then I've also had clinical training in substance abuse and addiction counseling. I've held the certificates in that and credentials in that, et cetera. So, so for 25 years now in nonprofit organizations, um, I've worked, I've led some of those organizations on the direct level, program director, um, chaplaincy director. You know, I work with some guys also in the NFL um, who were dealing with different problems and served as what they call a chapel speaker for the New York Giants football team for about 12 years, thanks to my good friend George McGovern, who brought me on board. George was, and I think still is, the chaplain of the Yankees, New York Yankees baseball. At that time, he was also chaplain of New York Yankees baseball and New York football Giants. And so he brought me on board to help out with the Giants, and I had several opportunities to speak in front of them, in front of the team with Eli Manning and Mike Strahan and all those other people that I'm sure a lot of you guys know. I had a chance to get to know them, some of them personally, and a whole lot of other teams that came up to play against the Giants whose whose chaplain or spiritual leader wasn't with them. I had the opportunity to meet with them too, probably about 15 or 16 other NFL teams over the course of 12 years. I don't say that to impress you. I say that hopefully to impress upon you and to impact you um, with the truth that my journey has well equipped me to help other people uh, to know how to inspire the fire in other people and help them help you overcome whatever it is that you're dealing with. Uh, and as in our motto um, on our logo, that we won't let you give up. That's our goal here, to not let you give up to bring you into this community and make you a, um, a part of this community where you, and it's, a, it's a community of reciprocity, right? We don't want people in the community that just take, 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 but this is going to be, we're building a community of reciprocity where, where we give and we take, we give and we take, we give and we take, but everybody brings something to the table and inspire the fire. That's the kind of community that we're building here. And we're just using the podcast um, as the, uh, the core of the platform or the hub of the wheel from which all the other spokes will eventually come out that you guys will be hearing about. So spread the word. Spread the word we're here. Spread the word we're here. You'll hear more about the frequency of the podcast and all the rest of that, you know, the, um, when we'll be on, et cetera. But spread the word. Spread the word and tell people about this platform, especially people that you know that are, that, that feel like giving up and that, that don't know what direction to go in in life. I don't care if they're, I don't care if they're, they're uh, they were an eight figure person at one particular time, or they're still an eight figure executive leading some kind of, you know, um, fortune 500 company, or it's somebody that's standing in front of the liquor store before it opens in the morning because of their alcohol addiction, who've all but given up on life or some husband or wife who just went through a divorce and just is struggling now to keep their hope alive and keep their fire burning. Whatever category, wherever you find yourself along the spectrum of life, all of us need the fire on the inside of us inspired and 
every single time you click on this podcast, you'll be inspired, you'll be instructed, you'll be given information, you know, you'll be a part of this community and you'll leave here feeling a lot better than you felt before you came on to the broadcast in some cases, knowing more than you know about how to rekindle the flame of your own fire, all those things. I guarantee you that'll be happening here as long as God gives me strength, keeps my mind sharp, keeps my body strong, keeps me alive and well. I'll be on this platform consistently and I'll be bringing some powerful people on here who can share their expertise and others can share their stories. And some of you, I'll be, as you become a part of the community and I get to, to know you from your feedback and all, I'll be reaching out to some of you as well to share your testimonies of how you overcame and maybe how something even that you heard here or felt here inspired you to take certain action. And now you're not in the place where you were before you found the podcast. So all of that here, that's what we're up to. We're building a community building a community and we'll meet up different places in this country face to face, face to face. And who knows how far it'll go? Who knows how far to go? So you be encouraged, you be encouraged and don't give up. Don't ever quit. There's a whole lot more living left to your life. God's given you breath, health and strength. You still have your right mind. You may not have the money you used to make. You might not have the significant other you used to have in your life and the divorce hurts and the death of a loved one hurts and all those things. It hurts the job loss. It hurts the health diagnosis. It hurts all of that stuff. It hurts, but it doesn't have to be the thing that puts the nail in your coffin and causes you to give up on life. So you be encouraged, inspire the fire, inspire the fire. We won't let you give up. I hope you look forward to episode two and I'll, I'll tell you more about that in some kind of a promo here going forward. God bless you guys. Be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged. And I want you to like, like, and share, um, every episode. If you don't mind, like, like it, share it. Um, and also on YouTube, click that notification bell, that bell, so that every time we come on, you'll automatically be notified. All right. Okay. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for letting me share. And I hope you are inspired. Be blessed.